0: Justified is over, really and truly over, but the Justified podcast is not over. It's almost over, but it's not completely over. Here we are for one last round of the Justified podcast here on Post Show Recaps. I'm Josh Wigler, and for the last time, I am joined here by my co-host here on the Justified podcast, the Boyd to my Ava, the Pappy Van to my Winkle, the Win to my Duffy, the Upstate to my New York, Antonio Mazzaro. What's going on, Antonio?
1: <laughs> Josh, I am. I guess I'm all of those things and none of them, uh, because I can't be any of them without you. So we only exist to the extent that we're together. Is that what you're saying? Yeah,
0: we're like the Wonder Twins.
1: So we're like we're we, we really are like Boyd uh,
0: and and Raylan. Yeah. Well, they exist without each other now, which is sad I, to say. But for a long time, at least in Harlan, it was very difficult for them to live without the other one uh, at some in, at some capacity as uh, as their equal and opposite.
1: Yeah, I mean there were a lot of interviews and post games kind of uh, after the finale and and one of the lines from Walton Goggins was uh, if I think if you kill one of us you kill both of us and so there was a I mean obviously this was a show that was about the two of them that's where we we ended uh and we ended in such a great way and so it's fitting that uh, that you would I would be the upstate to your New York Josh.
0: Yeah. And uh you know I'm not even going to get into further details about that cuz everybody knows already. Everybody knows what that means.
1: No. Don't don't get into any further details. I'm not that's getting smart. Into further details.
0: It's yep, smart. I already blogged about it. It's published <laughs> on the internet. Yikes. Is it on MTV News? No, it's not. It's not. I didn't publish Anything? All right. I'm I
1: googling upstate New York.
0: No, no, no. You'll have to. You'll There's have a map to, of the Finger Lakes. Is <laughs> that anything? Oh, I love the Finger Lakes. It's very close to where I went to college. <laughs> I understand. Yeah. Well, you would understand. No. Nope, anyway, nope, we're not going to nope. talk. We're not gonna, We're not here to talk about upstate New York. We're here to talk about Harlan County, Kentucky. For one final time, Antonio, this is it. This is actually it. This is the last time you and I are talking about Justified on a dedicated Justified podcast. Anyway, here on post show recaps. How do you feel about that?
1: I feel good that you said dedicated because at some point we, oh, it'll could, come up. we could find a way to revisit it. There could be a Justified lives. We could have the 108 best deaths of <laughs> yes. Justified. We could do whatever we wanted, Josh. The world is our oyster.
0: Yeah, well, we'll get to the to the one-year anniversary of when Justified went off the air sooner than you think, probably. it'll Time will fly. And by the time we get there, I'm sure we will do like a, a one-year anniversary, something or other. All right. Uh, but in the meantime, this is it this is it this is the end of this road we've done i don't even have the number in front of me of how many podcasts we've done but we have done i think that this is is this going to be our 20th
1: i didn't i didn't count but yeah this is the end beautiful friend the end end. how do you
0: how do you feel how are you feeling right now buddy do you wanna you want a soda you want you (laughs) want a
1: sandwich i'd like a cheese stick a cheese stick yeah one of those pull-aparts it's okay. a good snack. Yeah, it always always cheers me up. Or maybe a gogurt. <laughs> we could get you a gogurt if that's really what you want. No, what I want, I want to talk about Justified, Josh. All that's right, what I want do
0: to it. do. So talk. Yeah, talk to me about it.
1: Well, look, I. I When we talked so much about the finale Last week we went on for over an hour and a half We were both dead tired I I lost track of myself in conversation a couple Of times we were so kind of just Knocked down uh, by the end of it You and I both kind of walked around I think for a couple of Days in a little bit of a haze About this show being done and just Really not being able to comprehend Where this one stood uh, In in our hearts in our minds uh, In television uh, just in general uh, What it was what it really represented Was it just a really really good kind of modern Western genre show. Did it transcend all that? In what ways was it different? Uh, And and what what do we leave on the table? What were we disappointed with? And I think it's those are the sort of thoughts and ideas that have been kicking around our heads for the last week. And so the point of this podcast is to sort of think about the the very same thoughts and ideas that you've given us through feedback about what you thought about the end of the show, the show in general, uh, where the show has been, where where it could have gone, things that it did right, did wrong, and so forth and so on. So that's why we're here today. Uh, we did get some great feedback from a lot of you. We really appreciate all of you listening and participating in our podcast throughout the time we've been doing it. I guess it's 20. That is 20.
0: I think, it, I think that this is 21. Actually, this I is think, 21. I think we are currently recording 21, which feels appropriate. It is a uh, legal drinking age for that Pappy Van Winkle that I've been saving for this podcast.
1: Yeah, and, and sort of perfectly timed, they have indicted the people responsible for the great Pappy Van Winkle heist of a couple of years ago. Yeah, so-, so
0: nobody nobody who's listening to this probably is aware of what you just referenced, or at least not everybody. Can you can you set up what just happened here? I think that this is this is a I I think you know it's a it's a crazy story, it's an interesting story, but also just speaks to the heart that like the spirit of justified is going to linger in people who watch this show for a very long time because you hear this story, and at least for me, first thing I think about is like, oh Boyd Crowder's at it again
1: yeah so we, we we mentioned this very briefly on one of our kind of podcasts that we were doing in the run-up to this final season when we were talking about justified in bourbon and the various different ways the show has mentioned pappy van winkle which is a very kind of upscale rare uh, very much in demand line of bourbon you can you can get a, a bottle of Pappy Van Winkle. If you've got one, you could probably get two, three, four, five hundred $500 for it. Some are even more expensive than that, depending on the year and depending on uh, the years that it was aged. They could be over a thousand. They could be even more than that. So this is a very uh, very in demand bourbon. And it's it's distilled currently at the Buffalo Trace Distillery in in Frankfort, my state's capital in Kentucky, which is a a perfectly beautiful like pastoral historic t- kind of place. And you walk there and you can just walk right in, they let you walk around, they give you tours. It's they let they take you into these warehouses that are just all these old brick buildings with with open windows and it's just all very, you know, poetic and a very creative and inspiring and all these things it's all very American and you look around and you realize, like, wow, I could walk out of here with some stuff. And and yeah, they, they the idea is that there's good security, but somebody did walk out of there with some stuff. And it was some, they didn't know at the time who it was, but they walked away with several barrels of this. And in each barrel is going to give you dozens of bottles of of Pappy Van Winkle. And so this is tens and tens of thousands of dollars of bourbon that was stolen a couple of years ago. And they've just now indicted nine people related to the theft of this bourbon, a couple of whom were working at the place. They were the Midnight Day Man. They were the commandants they were there was an inside job to a certain extent and then and it probably had to be because they knew the best way to get it in and out but uh yeah it's just That's this little at. just this little cry i i she did say that because she was also involved there were men involved there were women involved there were older oh people involved oh younger my. people involved i know God. this is a, this is hey listen if pappy ain't happy ain't nobody happy All so right. Pappy walked right out of there, rolled right out of there, and, and then they're now indicting people. And they're, they're, they're proclaiming this to be this organized crime ring. wasn't quite a RICO case like they were trying to build against our man Boyd, but it stopped just short of that. So this is crazy. It really is like so an is Elmore this, Leonard story. Is this, story. Uh,
0: is this a, not quite a grand slam for AUSA Vasquez, but a home run nonetheless?
1: Oh, this is, yeah, this is definitely a stand-up triple, if not a home run. How did like, this I do? Is a, this is a big, this is a big one. This is what they, this is what they've been wanting for a while. And it sounds like they cracked the case because somebody found some empty barrels behind a building that this guy lived in. So it's not exactly like, uh, ace detective work here, but, uh, yeah, this was a, this was a big story, at least in Kentucky and in some places nationally, when the, the bourbon was stolen, when it was reported stolen, there were surveillance cameras that were looked at. They're like, who was this man in this hat and all this stuff and then now it's it's finally wrapped up so yeah it definitely definitely sounds in justified terms it could be the dixie mafia it happened right there in frankfurt like it's right on Justified's turf Uh, and so it was a really kind of a fitting perfect little
0: way uh, to put a cap on on unjustified as well it sounds like the plot of a movie yeah the great bourbon heist yeah i wouldn't be surprised to see it as a movie at some point Who's your pappy? Who's my pappy? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what he looks like. Bourbon's 11. Who's your pappy and what does he do? <laughs> <laughs> it's a
1: little game we're going to yeah. play, Josh. Uh, I don't know.
0: I don't know. Who is your
1: pappy? I, well, your pappy? Uh, Elmer T. Lee is my pappy. No, it it, uh, it it's very... It's just... There, it wasn't just this theft. Like this is a big deal, and, it, and it's crazy. Because and we'll get we've got a couple questions about this, about Harlan County in general, in Kentucky. But bourbon means a ton to Kentucky, and bourbon, to a certain extent, has become very hip in the last few years. And as a result of it's becoming very hip, it is not a thing that you can rush. Bourbon is is created by aging, and you can't really rush aging unless you use methamphetamine. And we can't make bourbon use meth. That's just crazy. No one would do that. So. You you there's a there's a lower amount of bourbon than there is a demand for bourbon. Maker's Mark got in some really hot water, which is a great bourbon by the way. They got in, in, in really hot water because they made a suggestion they were going to water down their bourbon. They were going to change the alcohol content in their bourbon in order to make more bourbon to meet demand. Uh, and they got they got so much negative feedback about that that they they decided well we're just going to have less bourbon. Sometimes you're not going to be able to get Maker's Mark. It's going to happen. So this is a big deal to Kentucky. This is a this is a major cash crop, if you will in Kentucky. And it's a Kentucky produces over 95% of the world's bourbon. So this is our thing. And for it to to happen at this, this perfect time. Yeah, it's cinematic. Yeah, it's a movie, but it's also perfectly in keeping with the sorts of stories we saw told throughout Justified's history about things that were uniquely Kentucky uh, and that only people in Kentucky would truly understand. And so it's just perfect timing. I don't know. Graham Yost probably had to have a laugh somewhere about that. I'm sure he did.
0: Uh, if you, Antonio, if you have a particularly good link to a story about this, uh, an article written up about this, send it, send it my way. And we'll make sure that that's on uh, a for people to check out and kind of familiarize themselves. with. Because when, when I saw that, uh, I think it was this week when someone sent it along our way, I was just like, oh my God, this is, this is classic. It just, it, it, you know, it just, it just really felt like something of that world.
1: It really, it really is. I and mean, it's perfect. You could just, somewhere there's a Win Duffy and a Winnebago just yeah. kind of shaking this off and being like, well, they got my crew, but they didn't get me.
0: Yeah. All right. So let's, let's go from there and let's, let's dive into Justified. And before we even start getting into the questions, just overall, you know, you, you did mention how, how you and I kind of walked away from this episode last week. We spent an hour and a half live on the air right after the episode, which is not how we've normally done things. Uh, Antonio and I uh, have normally been recording these, you know, a little while after we watch an episode so that we can really sit down with our notes and really kind of think about the show and give it the thought that the writing of this show i feel anyway really deserves Um, and so that's how we've been doing it i think that that's been a big part of why you and i have been you know we've i I feel like we were really in tune with with this final season i don't know if you would disagree i don't think you would no Uh, we were really in tune for sure yeah i think we i think we were really grooving with it and uh you know doing doing it live doing the finale live talking about that episode i think that it was it was almost more emotional uh you know, if it really did feel like a very uh, cathartic emotional thing, having watched that episode and then immediately getting to talk about it for ninety minutes with you, uh, I was exhausted by the end of the night. Uh, I, you know, I I don't get too sentimental with this stuff anymore. Um, you know, Lost was a was a very sentimental show for me. Uh, beyond that, there are shows that I really, really enjoy, but don't hang with me forever and ever. Uh, you know, the way the way that maybe justified finale kind of did. You know, not forever and ever, but. I, I I walked away from this finale thinking about it the next day. That's normal for me. I was thinking about it the day after that, and the day after that, and the day after that. And it's only recently, like in the past day or two, started to slow down. Uh, And maybe it'll pick up again now that you and I are talking about it uh, slightly more than a week after it aired. But that finale really stuck with me, and I was just thinking about the final season overall, and something that you and I had been talking about throughout these podcasts was, this is a tremendous final season. Every episode is landing every episode is sticking the landing and everything counts everything matters and the writing is so good every bit of dialogue you know we covered every scene uh, of this final season in pretty vivid detail because every scene for the most part really warranted it Um, it was an interesting interesting thing uh to experience and i don't know walking away from this finale you know i'm still close to it but i feel like after some time, I was a little less emotional about it. And I'm now trying to wrap my head around where this final season and where Justified does fit in overall in terms of the shows that I've watched and the shows that I've loved. Um, Finale-wise, I thought it was a terrific finale. Um, I think that final season-wise, I might say that this is my favorite final season of anything. Wow, that's a good one. I mean, I really do think so. I mean, the only closest competitor to that for me is probably Breaking Bad. Um, you know, I, everyone knows who listens to me on Posture Recaps knows that I love Lost, but I'm not a huge fan of that final season. So I have no problem saying that Lost's final season is not in the running for me. But I think for me, it would be Breaking Bad and Justified. And I think that the tipping point for me is the finale for Justified, and without spoiling the finale for Breaking Bad, just my interpretation and my feeling of it, the finale for Breaking Bad for me doesn't feel as consistently Breaking Bad as the finale of Justified feels so perfectly consistently justified and so perfectly consistently that final season. Um, I think that the final season of Justified is so consistent and so in tune with everything that came before. And since everything that came before was so freaking fantastic, that means we have a fantastic final season in our hands. Almost flawless final season by my standards. Um, I really do feel, and maybe ask me again in a year uh, or a couple months from now, even. But if you asked me last week, and if you ask me today, I'm still holding to it. The justified final season is my favorite final season of anything.
1: Wow, that's pretty strong. I mean, it's pretty strong. Like you didn't like Derek Jeter's final season better? <laughs>
0: What's a Derek Jeter? It's a sports. No, a I sports. said a Grand Slam thing before. That was pretty good.
1: Yeah. So there you go. You did pretty good. And I said stand up triple. Did that make sense to you? Yeah okay well that's good I know no, that I, I I think Breaking Bad I mean it's really hard I mean you're noting it and you're you're talking about how they differ in a little ways and, and you're right like justified it was so purely justified every episode every moment everything it, it's hard to really match the narrative drive of that final season of Breaking Bad which I'm not I'm no, no spoilers but the way the first half of the season ends to right where they pick up the business at the beginning of the first half the second half of the season is just unbelievable and the narrative 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 structure of that season with a little bit of time jump uh, and kind of moving around so that you know things before you know them and things are moved around along with the the moments where they really luxuriate and taking time with the character that's hard to match that said this was a i mean this was the slam like everything about this as you're pointing out was really i was really knocked out of the park it it does put a lot of other final seasons of tv shows to shame in some cases final seasons of tv shows happen when shows don't realize midway through until mid way through that it's going to be their final season or they're hoping that it's not going to be their final season so they do leave some things open or they do have to kind of answer for some things or some in some cases and we had a question from hunter shoal about this do you guys think justified surpassed deadwood in terms of greatness and we'll expound on that but because the two shows have so much in common but deadwood's a perfect example of a show that i don't think realized it. definitely did not realize it was going to be canceled and they had to tear their sets down they had planned to make movies to continue the story of deadwood and they didn't so you can't look at the final season of deadwood and be like what a great final season because it was never intended to be the final season it ends on a cliffhanger and nothing ever happens as a result of it so
0: to to say that you can never look at it like that is not true what, you know, like a like a final season, it it's its final season. It is its final season. I, I, get, what I get what you're saying. Yeah, but, you, you know, you can't
1: evaluate it the same way because this. Justified knew what they were doing, yes. and some people would say they even took the fifth season, and they took it on the chin with the fifth season. But they took their time with the fifth season because they knew what they were doing, and the fifth season would pay off in the final season. And there are a and lot I of shows, think, and I think it did tremendous. Well, I definitely think it did too, for sure. And I don't think the sixth season. We talked about this a lot on this podcast. I don't think the sixth season exists the way the sixth season does without the strength of the fifth season. And I think that it, it, it's largely redeemed, uh, except for the Daryl Crow stuff. It's Largely redeemed uh, By virtue of having The sixth season Play so heavily Into the fifth But this is a season that This is a show That knew it was ending So Yeah, that is Deadwood's final season So they can be compared like that But Deadwood doesn't even compare is what I'm saying It's just not even on the same It's not nearly as good because Deadwood didn't realize They were having to worry about sticking It's almost like a gymnastics routine where you have an ending planned uh, And this is big finale that you've got And then that's the landing that you have to stick And then right in the middle After you did a bunch of fun stuff that's setting up the landing uh, They say, no, it's over You don't get to do the landing now You don't get to do that final thing that you really set up So it's a real shame that other shows have have experienced That some shows are great one off one season shows, and so their first season is the same as their last. But this is a season, this is a show that had five seasons. Their sixth season drew on everything that they had kind of discussed, talked about, established so many great character moments, villains, highs, lows, etc. throughout those first five seasons were hit on in the sixth season. And so, because it got all the time it got before that and used it wisely uh, in the sixth season, it's a hard I'd like to know, I'd love to hear. I mean, feedback on feedback, we'd love to hear, I guess, what some other great final seasons of TV shows are that compare. I mean, I'm thinking about the greatest shows in TV history, the Pantheon. I don't think the final season of Sopranos is as good as the final season of Justified.
0: I do love that final season, though.
1: I do love it but I don't think it's as good I think it's a little over long I think that they stretched it Out a little bit uh, and they split it into two Big uh, longer Parts in season six and they take Their time with plot lines that they wouldn't Have before and killing people and taking a Little too long so it's frustrating I love The last episode but uh, but the, the Last season itself is a little slow in my Opinion I do like it but the wire Same thing uh, David Simon wanted to Have one more season of the wire I kind Of knew he was only going to get these ten episodes And told a really weird kind of co- was off the rails in the fifth season, to be perfectly it's honest. It's not with
0: wildly you. popular. Uh, it's, and it shouldn't it's, be. It's uh, it's a season that this is actually interesting. Renee Herrera, good good friend of ours on the podcast, uh, always uh, always quick to tweet us something nasty, but in the most wonderful way. Uh, but but Ren had had tweeted something to me recently uh, about how The Wire was one of his favorite final seasons of anything. Um, and I think that that's not the popular opinion. I actually do like that final season more than a lot of people do. But The Wire considered one of the best shows of uh, the modern time uh, does not. Not have a final season that most people respond really well to, I think it's fair to say.
1: Yeah, and, and Renee is House Slytherin, so that it is what it is. Sure. But, but yeah, the, the final season of Friday Night Lights, good. The final episode of Friday Night Lights, great, but the final season is only good. It's not like the best season of Friday Night Lights or even like a Pantheon season of Friday Night Lights. It's just a good one. Uh, and I think that some of these other TV shows, Battlestar Galactica, much maligned, final few episodes and final season. Uh, this is a, a, a great TV show. The Shield's final season, pretty damn good. Like that is the one that, that jumps to the front of my uh, conversation in my mind, like the final season of The Shield. And in, in, in no small part because of what happened with the Walton Goggins character uh, and and the kind of the shades uh, that were brought into that character and the the arc that that character experiences in the final season of The Shield are something that, that really – in some ways, better than Boyd Crowder. So, like, it's a really, really, really good final season of television, and an especially good finale. I don't know, what about some of the older shows, Six Feet Under, Oz, anything jumping out to you there?
0: I love the final season of Oz, but I don't think that's a popular opinion. <laughs> 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 I don't, I don't. The, especially the, the final few scenes of Oz are so absurd, but so delightful to me. I mean, it's an absurd show for a very long time, um, if not the whole run. Uh, it's, there's a reason why people don't bring up Oz very often, I think, but Oz is always going to have a a place in my heart. I love that show. tremendously. I
1: knew there was some, some controversy about the final season, which is why I brought it up. And yeah, there was six feet under legendary finale, but I don't know about the final season as a, as a whole.
0: Yeah. Um, I can only speak for myself. I can, I can only speak for myself and I can only speak for myself from the past couple of weeks. Uh, not even, I guess the past week or so, I still feel this way. I still just feel so so fulfilled by this final season of Justified and um, and not I don't know what I was expecting I think I was really expecting a lot of heartbreak I really was expecting to lose one of Raylan Boyd and Ava and we don't lose any of them we don't really lose anybody other than Avery Markham which is you know whatever and, and Boone um, great moments but you're not like dying over it you're not your heart isn't breaking over it um, my my heart was was full after watching this and I don't think that I expected that but I feel like I should have uh, you know thinking back on Justified after watching this finale, that's really something that I feel like maybe I should have picked up on, uh, that that was the way that this show was going to go out. So just, just, just right now, just today, just a week later, again, ask me in a couple of weeks, ask me in a year if I still feel this way. But today's, Josh Wiggler says, Justified, favorite final season of ever, anything.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, and I'm I'm not having I don't have too much to quibble with there. I, Breaking Bad is the only one I think that that would do it for me. Um, my personal one of my personal two favorite television shows of all time, I'd say, is The West Wing. The West Wing's final season, very good, uh, and some some very good kind of thing episodes that that tie things together. But not it was extremely hurt by the death of one of the actors uh, of the series, and it was it it just changed the dynamic of the final season completely. Yeah. Uh, and it didn't make it. A worse show and it wasn't a worse season for it But I don't think that's what they wanted To have happen obviously Uh, they didn't want John Spencer to die at all but to have him die Right in the middle of the season and have to Address that in the course of the season uh, Was really rough for them Uh, and I Think that that just changes it puts a pall over The entire season and it's it's hard To evaluate it there I don't know definitely curious If anybody out there has any other Thoughts other than Breaking Bad about anything that that Really belongs in this conversation As best final seasons of television But I, I mean I'd like to dovetail this josh into into kind of conversations uh we had or questions we had in general about justified's place specifically um i I guess what i would say is do you do you feel generally speaking that justified deserves kind of a place among the pantheon of greatest tv series of all time we had a a couple of questions that sort of sounded in this but it was a question i wanted to ask you uh specifically
0: um I don't know. I I think um, I I think for me it's gonna it's gonna be one of my tops for a very long time in terms of in in the pantheon. I think it, I think that it's it's good enough for a spot there, but I don't think it was seen enough. Uh, and I think that that matters. Uh, I think it wasn't talked about enough. Uh, you know, the wire wasn't seen enough, but it was talked about, um, you know, justified. I don't think is, is seen enough and I don't think it's talked about. So I think that that is, that is difficult. That's a, that's a difficult thing to say. Uh, for me, it's, it's on, it's on my Mount Wigmore right now. Uh, (laughs) but, but what else is on Mount Wigmore? Lost 24. I have, I have weird taste. Uh, but it's, it's on there for me. Um, Inter- you didn't finish the fourth show so i'm assuming it's rupaul's drag race no no, no. It, uh, i don't think so uh no for for me it probably survivor is on there and uh breaking bad i would say those are probably my shows but i'm probably leaving something out um, also you
1: just named five i'm pretty sure there's only four presidents on i'm that.
0: carving the fifth right now i'm putting <laughs> i'm putting justified on there <laughs> all right all right all right uh it's uh it's gonna be um, i like mount wigmore better than mount rushmore Mal anyway wigmore is a cool mountain trust me uh you're on there Oh really? You're in you're in construction. Oh, who else is on? Urine construction? What, what, I don't know. Yeah, we're peeing on the, on the statue. and For, for, for
1: like, like, uh, what do you call it? Like, it's just kind of erosion through yeah. urine is how you're sculpting? It's a,
0: it's a long-term project. Is it like a salt mountain or something? It's yeah. um, brilliant. You know, even just going back to the, to the Duke Davis Roberts interview that we did, um, a few, uh, weeks back. Choo-choo. Choo-choo. Yeah. And, and he was mentioning, you know, the really interesting idea that, that justified may be lost in the conversation. Because it's not on Netflix, you know it's on Amazon Instant. That's great, uh, but it's not on Netflix. And when you're on Netflix, you do have a leg up over many other shows in terms of being able to be seen. It's just it's everybody knows Netflix. Netflix is it's the Coca Cola, um, and I and I do think that that is something that has probably impacted uh, justified from being talked about and seen in the way that I think the show deserves. Um, I think that it's going to stand the test of time. I think that this is going to be a show that I will tell people for many, many, many years to come. Um, if you're looking for something to watch, if you're looking to like dig into like a good series of book like quality tv shows uh if you're looking for some seasons of tv to just chomp down on justified is going to be very high on my list of recommendations for many years to come so i think that it's going to stand the test of time in terms of quality i don't think that that's going to get challenged or go away i think that its themes are beautiful and its characters are fantastically written and just the dialogue itself is so poetic and and lovely Um, and the and the twists the story takes the, the the bad guys that are created and the ways things that go wrong for people Um, I think that this show is going to endure, but do I ever think that it will be discussed as far as a Breaking Bad, The Wire, Sopranos? No, I actually would say no, definitely not. Um, Whether or not it deserves that for me, it does, but I don't think that it's ever going to get there.
1: Yeah, and I don't think so either. Uh, And it's a shame. I think I I think kind of when you talk about it not being talked about enough uh, and, and not being seen enough or talked about enough, I think that that's a pretty key thing. I think in some respects justified as seen a little bit as a genre show. Um, maybe as a modern Western, which is the way it was sort of cast, uh, but this sort of kind of cable series that fits into a genre, like Battlestar Galactica as a sci-fi genre show, or like a, other shows are seen as, as kind of genre-based shows and don't really cross over in, in the minds of critics in a lot of cases into something that transcends genre or, or time or space. Uh, but I do think The Justified is transcendent in that regard. I think that it, it is, it is, uh, some people have said, and, and this is feedback that was tweeted at a sci- apologize for not remembering, uh, because more than one person has said it, that I think maybe Artie Forbus was one of them, that this is one of the first Shows on TV to ever get Elmore Leonard right, and and what that really means, of course, is Elmore Leonard is a is a crime writer, but he understood the human condition, and he understood um, it vividly in terms of language and the ways that people thought about themselves, especially criminals, right, and people who had these grandiose uh, sort of dreams and fantasies, and how that played out in in at the ten foot view, uh, and not just on the thousand foot level where you might hear about some crazy criminal. Like there's a Twitter account right now called Florida. Man- Man that just tweets out news stories of what happened to someone in Florida uh, where it's like headline like Florida I man love, fights alligator with yeah it's a hilarious account right but what you don't think about I don't think what we don't think about always is behind those crazy stories is some idiot who, who stupidly broke the law in Florida there's a Dewey Crow uh, or there is some person who really thought like this is like I'm, I'm doing something like really vital here I'm gonna be a millionaire like this is, this is my scam or this is my thing and this show Elmore Leonard always wrote about those kinds of characters, obviously, but this show captured it so well, uh, and it captured it. The, the good guys were a little bit bad, and the bad guys maybe were a little bit funny, and uh, we've seen Elmore Leonard work in films, uh, like Get Shorty, for example, uh, but this really, really worked. I mean, there was they tried to do a Karen Cisco TV show, uh, and it just didn't work. Uh, it just it didn't work, and there was a funny kind of nod to that in one of the early, early season episodes of Justified. It may have even been the one with uh, Cameron, the dentist from, uh, Cameron from uh, Ferris Bueller, uh, one of the first episodes of season one, uh, that was sort of a nod to the show. This could have been if it was like a U.S. Marshals, uh, Karen Sisko-type show. Karen Sisko is I think the, the character from Out of Sight, which I think is a very good movie uh, in the in the Elmore Leonard kind of over. But,
0: right, well, they have uh, Carlo Gugino, who who played that character on Karen Sisko, is on Justified for an episode of season three as a character named Karen.
1: Oh, it's season three. I apologize. Yeah, 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 that's, yeah. that's what I'm thinking of. I'm getting a little bit mixed up, but it is a season three episode where that happens, where it's like different last shout out, but it's it's her. It's a shout out to that. Right. And so this is like this is what this is what Elmore Leonard is. And this, uh, the show is, is a, is a crime show in that regard. So it's always going to be seen as a genre show, but crime fiction can be transcendent. Elmore Leonard, I would argue is a transcendent writer. He transcends the genre label and he captures a lot of, uh, one of my favorite transcendent crime writers is a guy named James Lee Burke. And he writes very vivid, incredible prose, almost like Faulkner level prose about the deep, deep South. He writes these Southern Gothic kind of mystery novels in most cases that are set in Louisiana. I think he, they would make great television shows Based on his work and Elmore Leonard Is a writer who obviously I believe transcends The genre and I think it's just This being kind of pigeonholed as a genre Show and people thinking uh, it's just A silly cops and robbers type show That that really limit justified Even though it's it's so much more than that Right there is the the subtext Of the show is so prevalent throughout the Discussions of what's happening in Harlan and what's Happening in Kentucky and what's happening To these characters and why they see the choices They're making and some of it sounds in shakespeare some of it sounds in joseph campbell some of it sounds in the biggest mythological things that that we tackle in terms of fiction so it's a lot bigger than just a genre show but i do think it gets pigeonholed that way for sure
0: yeah all right so let's let's dive into some of these questions a little bit more What's um you ready for that yeah, definitely. Okay, so let's let's take this from uh, Emily Kazinch, uh, who wrote in, um, and and first off uh, said, I completely agree with everything you guys said about the finale and how great it was. I personally loved that the epilogue was fairly long, only because it was damn perfect. What with the Boyd and Raylan final conversation in Boyd's preaching scene? Normally, I don't like a long epilogue, but that one was fitting. And I think that's not a question, it's a comment, but I, I would actually like to talk about that too. I mean, we were both very surprised, I think, with the size of the epilogue right you know it's a it's a lengthy thing yeah
1: definitely and and it's it's not only a lengthy thing it's almost like it recognizes that it's lengthy right you'll never leave harlan alive plays before the final gun battle with boone they uh, they almost wrote like the you know the first half of the episode and said okay we packed it all in like as far as wrapping up the main narrative of like the action of season six We've done it. Like Boyd is in jail, uh, and and Raylan's got Ava, and she's gonna be taken in, and this is what's gonna happen. And and Raylan's alive, and 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 Markham is dead, and it's all done. It's done. You'll never leave Harlan alive. Let's play him off. Wait a minute. Now we've got half an hour left. Okay. So this is gonna happen, and this is gonna happen. So it's almost like they de- they definitely did recognize that. They recognized they wanted to have a long epilogue, but I do think it's fitting, and I think that it's. Not the six feet under kind of epilogue where you've got kind of the next forty years of these characters' lives, Spoiling. but it makes it makes total sense. Yeah, spoiler alert! It makes total spoiler alert from ten years ago. It makes total sense that uh, that we would finish this way because. You're right. Like at, at the end of the day, we didn't want anybody to die. We didn't want that, lo- that sort of level of emotion and sort of hand in hand with that is I think we wanted to see how it was going to play out for these characters beyond the very immediate narrative of the moments uh, at the end of season six there. So I, I love that long epilogue as well. Uh, and, and you know, the Boyd preaching scene, uh, Emily says she loved that. Hunter Scholl said he had a different Hunter had a different take on it. And Hunter said. Uh, thought Boyd was being totally insincere and a little sarcastic in his preaching religion and I think that's great because that's Boyd Crowder, right? You never really know is he being sincere or not and one person can can kind of read it like I love this scene between the two of them and the other and, and Boyd's preaching and the other can say, oh, I think it's totally false like we had thoughts that, hey, Boyd's preaching, this is great. Is it a turnaround? I just love that those little moments are in the epilogue because it goes back to so much of what we saw throughout season one and season two about Boyd. Is the Is he building another flock? Is he really doing this because he just wants people and wants to be heard and wants to build his legend? Or does he have something else in mind? And I love that that, that's what what we get in an epilogue.
0: Yeah, I think that the best stories, uh, the best endings to stories are the ones that leave doors a little bit open, Uh, you know, that, you know, generally where your characters are landing. But for some of these characters, there's room for interpretation for where they are actually going. I think when Duffy is a fantastic example in this in this uh, final episode where you don't actually see when um, in the action of the episode you hear about him you see you know what might be a flashback to win driving off with with uh, with the doggy style van and maybe he's the guy who got Ava out of there and maybe he's the guy who has the money and uh, you hear about where he went he's rumored to be in Fiji surfing. Um, I think that that's terrific I, I really like something like that where you just you're allowed to. To continue letting the characters live in your head a little bit, I think that that's a beautiful thing. And I think that shows that resist that they really got to stick the landing pretty hard in order to um, in order to make it satisfying. And I, it's not an impossible task by any stretch of the imagination, but it's a difficult one. And I think that what Justified did here, it's 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 hard in a way. I think it, I think it's probably hard to resist the urge to have Raylan kill Boyd, for example. But um, in in another way, I think it's. It's, it's easy, and for a show like this, it's right to just let the characters live. Uh, you've grown to love these characters so much. I'm sure in the writer's room, there's just so many characters that they adored. And for them, uh, rather than writing like a hard and fast ending for a lot of these people, just to imagine like where they could have gone, where they could go next I think has to be very appealing to a writer. And you bring up what Hunter said about Boyd and how, how that is a very different read on, on Boyd than probably somebody else has. Some other people might think that Boyd Has come full circle, and he is back to being a religious man. Or you could take Hunter's side and say, "No, he's just you know being sarcastic, being insincere. He's just surviving. He's just biding his time for something. Totally possible to read it that way. Um, And I think that's terrific. That's that's the kind of finale that I really, really like. And I think that even before the finale aired, I was kind of alluding to the fact that I want to see something like that. I'm really glad Justified gave us that.
1: Yeah, so but this stuff dovetails perfectly into Amy's or Emily's, first, sorry Emily, Emily's first question, uh, because you like it that you can kind of fill in the blanks with your brain uh, and kind of see a little bit of that, uh, but then continue the story. You know, we're talking about when Duffy and Fiji and all that continue the story out, kind of how you want. Emily's first question is, would anybody be down for a justified reunion or continuation some years down the road? They left it so open ended. Emily wouldn't be surprised if this did happen eventually, although she doesn't know if it would be a good idea or a bad one because reunions don't always work. Uh, Graham Yost did say in his post-mortem he would be open to it. So... My question is, I guess, dovetailing off of Emily's question, do you think that they decided to write the final season of Justified and leaving characters alive because they might want to revisit it? Uh, and if so, is it, is it something that's best revisited in kind of a one-off TV movie kind of way? Or, or how, do, how would you see that if, if we were to do it at all? Or do you not want to, to visit that at all?
0: Uh, I'm going to say no, that, they, that I don't think that that's how they wrote it. Uh, I don't think that they wrote this final episode and finished their series off with the intention of visiting it down the road. I don't I don't think that was on their mind. I mean, they've written it in such a way that they could if they wanted to. Um, I don't think that the that the demand is going to be there. For one, um, I, I don't think so either. I'm on the same page as you. I don't think the demand is going to be there. You know, there's there's a lot of shows right now that are coming back. Uh, it's this is kind of the thing. Like this is like it's the, the new reboot is the revival. You know, yes. the the reboot and the remake is kind of you know that's still happening, but the revival is the thing that's really picking up steam. 24 coming back for one last season, potentially more. Who knows? Coach, but as of right now, Coach coming back for another season. Not the Full Dragon House. Slayer, not the Dragon Slayer. Uh, Heroes coming back you know there's there's full house absolutely you know shows are coming back shows are being revived um that is a thing that's happening and it's interesting it's it's interesting that that's the world we live in right now i'm not gonna you know lay a value judgment on it either way right now some of them i think i'm excited for some of them probably are gonna stink i have i'm fairly agnostic with this kind of thing just generally Um, anyone who listens to the lost lives podcast that we do every once in a while uh, knows that i think that lost 2 is inevitable and potentially great, especially when I write it. Yeah, you're writing it, right? I'm, that's working it. I'm working yeah. on it. I'm working on it. I think that there are some shows that lend themselves to further exploration at some point down the line, um, and there are also some shows where that's inevitable to some certain degree, and there are shows where just the demand is so high that you can't resist. Like a full house nostalgia thing, Like people really want that. Um, it's kind of crazy how much people really want that. I wrote, uh, I broke, no, I didn't break the I wrote the news. Uh, I wrote up a story about it for MTV.com a few days ago, and it was the top story on MTV.com by far for the whole day. Uh, people really are into Full House. People are really excited to see the Tanners get back together. I don't think that kind of fever is going to be there for Justified. I don't think that that's going to exist, and I think that that speaks to um, you know what we talked about in terms of Justified isn't talked about the way that some of these other shows that we've mentioned have been talked about. It wasn't seen in that same way, and it wasn't talked about. So I think that the fever is not really going to exist for that. Um, I don't think that it needs to exist either. I think that the way that this show is wrapped up, and this speaks to why I think it's a, a really fantastic final season and finale, is because even though there are doors that are open, it doesn't mean that you should walk through them uh, or that anyone should walk through them in a professional capacity. I think that these are doors that are best left open for us to wander through and find our own things on the other side of the door. That's I- my personal feeling on
1: I'm, I'm taking this to say that you and I are creating a YouTube series called justified 2 uh-huh. in, an, in an unprofessional capacity because yeah. we're not we don't make television shows not we're, yet. Gonna, we, we're not gonna we're not gonna we're not gonna we're not gonna walk through any door in a professional capacity we're gonna unprofessionally – perhaps in the level of like what was the name of that uh, that home video movie was it be kind rewind yes. we're we're s- yeah we're gonna
0: sweet our way through justified we're gonna sweet justified for we're sure. we're gonna
1: sweet justified and it'll be called justified two Son of justified I got dibs on Boyd Crowder. You're going to be Boyd? I'm going to be Boyd. Will you be Dewey Crow?
0: I was just going to volunteer for Dewey Crow.
1: Man, this is going to be so good. It's going to be so cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, guys. It's going to be so cool. But no,
0: I I think that you know there's some shows that, that really demand it. Uh, I don't think that this is a show that demands it. Uh, this is a show where I don't think... Um, I don't think it needs it. Like, I don't think that it needs it from a story level. I don't think it needs it from an audience level. I think if they do it, assuming that they've got the same, you know, general set group of uh, writers, I think that it could be very good, but I don't think it needs to happen. I don't think it will happen. I wouldn't be closed to a spinoff.
1: I was just going to say, what about a spinoff? Brendan Fitzpatrick, the great Brendan Fitzpatrick, suggested that the door is open for the Loretta McCready Backwoods Weed spinoff. That's uh, Alan Seppenwall and Daniel Fine have talked about this as well. That this they, they would love to see a Loretta base kind of spinoff that still takes place in the same areas as as justified. Maybe with some of the same team, but focused on Catelyn Dever uh, and really featuring the the Loretta character. Is that is that the spinoff that that we deserve? Is that the one you want? What 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 do you think spinoff wise? W- Win Duffy, Win Duffy is what we need, right?
0: Sure. I mean that's that's a very easy one. Like to imagine a show winning, you know, it's it's really following the better call. It's <laughs> it's following the Better Call Saul model of like taking that. Saul like character and giving him his own show and for for my money I mean you you and Rob weren't always in love with Better Call Saul I don't think but I really loved the first season of Better Call Saul so I I would be really happy if that level of creative success was applied to something like a Win Duffy show I don't think we'll see it but I'd be open to it I'd be open to seeing Win Duffy in Fiji you know getting up to his Win Duffy hijinks in Fiji like if it took place in Fiji I would be very very into it um, <laughs> I would I would what's I would, the budget
1: on that kind of show
0: I don't no, they could fake it like they could film it in hawaii you know maybe they could set it in hawaii and it would be uh Can would we have be, a canadian fiji yeah canadian <laughs> fiji i don't <laughs> think so i don't think we want to go there i think that's an ugly place uh but uh um,
1: canadian fiji is like
0: vancouver it's terrible oh Vancouver's a beautiful place
1: it's a beautiful place but yeah. that is that qualifies as or maybe windsor is canadian yeah. fiji i don't know there's the detroit river right there but i
0: would watch it i would watch that i would i would listen i would watch anything like if they do justify it too i'm gonna watch it you know i'm yeah. gonna watch the crap out of it but what if I, they did an
1: animated muppet style justified with all of them as children
0: i would watch it mike bloom would watch it everybody would watch it who wouldn't watch that who wouldn't watch a muppet <laughs> baby's version of justified that'd be incredible oh yeah that would be pretty you good know, I, I i'm open to all of it like i said i'm very agnostic about this type of stuff it's very it's very rare for me to like get up in arms um about a a reboot a remake or whatever just give it a shot if you if you really want to it's probably like someone was going to do it if it wasn't going to be you just give it a go i'll watch it and if it sucks i always have you know the original version Um, that's why I'm not angry about the transformers movies. I've got my cartoon movie. It's the best. I don't need to, I don't need to worry about that. So if they do more justified, if they do a spinoff, I'm into it. I don't expect it at all. I would watch the Laura Adam McCready show in a heartbeat. I would watch winning in a second. Um, I just don't expect that we'll ever see them. Yeah. And
1: I, and I don't, I don't think we will either. Uh, but I mean, the door is open. They, they left the characters alive. I, I, Brennan actually had another question, which I think is interesting. Do you think the show loses anything as the type of show it is, uh, by not killing one of the secondary major characters we've cared about from the beginning of art, Tim and Rachel, I think there's a, there, and there. And I kind of want to dovetail off of this. There's a, a kind of a pretty valid criticism of the show that a lot of people feel. Uh, and I believe that Emily had shared this as well, or it might've been Susie that, one of the criticisms is that they didn't really use the Marshals as well as they could have, right? Like that is something that was glaring in the show. Uh, that was Emily's feedback is that they never used the other Marshals more. So if you're going to do a spinoff, is, is that a show? Is, that, is there a Rachel Art kind of Tim show that doesn't include Raylan, uh, but that is included in the, that does have the Kentucky office that is more like the standalone show from season one? Or did we go there a little bit even with Raylan and Boyd and realize that's not the show anyone wants to see?
0: It? Yeah, I don't think that anyone is buying that show. Yeah. You know, Do think- I don't I don't think that anyone is gonna sell that show or even attempt to sell that show, but I don't think anyone's buying it. Yeah, um, you know, do you
1: think? Th- do you think Justified suffers at all by not killing those characters? No, then no, 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 not at all. I, I don't either. I don't either. Not at I, all. I, I will say, Graham Yost gave an interview uh, to Alan Sepinwall where the they discussed the fact that they they really did consider killing Tim in this final season, uh, and yeah, they well, have, we
0: were on Tim death watch all season. Long. <laughs> I know, I
1: know. Unfortunately, I should have thought about this from a logical standpoint. They have a U.S. marshal uh, or a retired marshal who advises them on the show about the legitimacy of all of, uh, of what they're writing from. From a procedural standpoint and that marshal basically said hey they wanted to kill tim and that marshal said you know what if if somebody killed a marshal at that point then it's black helicopter time then you're
0: bringing in like literally everyone yeah you're, in, you're, in grand theft auto terms that's like five star five stars so five stars the music exactly. is playing now you can't listen to the radio anymore. that's right it's yeah. just
1: blaring sirens right. like this is bad news like they're setting up everything they could set up to try to get the, the marshal killer and that's a major major deal at that point that's what art kind of alludes to it at one point it's we don't want to have another Ruby Ridge on our hands. That's a real incident where U.S. Marshals, I believe, were killed. Uh, And so that that's 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 a big deal if that happens. And so once you do that, the whole scope of the show changes. Nobody's walking around in Harlan and just doing what they want. Boyd's not kind of levitating between the mountaintop and a barn like he was able to if if a marshal has been killed, because that is a crazy situation. So I don't think the show lose. I think the show loses anything if they kill one of those characters and don't have that happen uh, by because that is a realistic kind of outcome. So I don't think the sh- show loses anything at all. And it does leave them open to a spinoff. But like you said, I don't think anybody's buying that show.
0: No one's buying the Marshall spin-off. That's not happening. That's never happening. I think one of the big reasons why it's not happening is I expect that, you know, the reason justified is ending has nothing to do with the fact that Timothy Oliphant doesn't want to play Raylan Givens anymore. I think that he loved playing Raylan Givens, and I think that he had a fantastic time uh, contributing on a story level uh, and and you know helping to dictate where Raylan is going. I think that uh, the reason the show is ended is because it was the right time to end it. I think that you know they could have they could have gone another season or two if they really really wanted to, and I don't think it would it would have been um, you know I don't think it was lack of desire on anybody's part to end this thing. I think that all of the key players were really enjoying what they were doing. Certainly it seems that way uh, on the screen and in what I've read of people. So I think that if there was going to be a Marshall series, like probably Timothy Alphonse, like, hey, what the F? Why am, I, why am I not involved in this? And probably that's what everybody who's watching the show is thinking. So I don't think that we're getting uh, the, the Marshall thing. And then as to the, to the, does the show lose anything by not killing those characters off? I, I really don't think so. Um, I think that, you know, because of the ways that a lot of shows are written and a lot of storylines pan out on a lot of shows, you know, I feel like, um, expecting big major character deaths has, has really become a normal thing for TV viewers. Um, you know, shows kill off very popular characters very suddenly, um, and sometimes awesomely and sometimes awfully, um, and justified, never really went there in terms of its main cast, in terms of its series regulars. None of the series regulars died all the way through. So yeah. it's, it's consistent. That's the show we were watching. We may not have known it at the time, but we were watching one of those um, shows that is fairly rare right now in terms of like the, the, you know, the really solid dramas. We were watching a show that was never going to kill one of its main characters. Uh, I'm happy about that. I think that that's different. That's unusual almost um, again, without going into specific examples, you know, I could I could think of so many shows off the top of my head. And I'm sure anyone listening to this can as well, where you like, you lost a character you really did not want to lose. And it was painful um, and sometimes not always for the right reasons. Probably. Down nabby. <laughs> I'm not I'm not saying I'm not saying, but I'm, I'll say down nabby. Sir sure and you know a lot of that is because behind the scenes drama and blah, blah 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 blah. actors went off the
1: show actors yeah. went off the
0: show's contracts are are too difficult to negotiate so you got to kill somebody off um you know actors die in real life and you got to write somebody off so there's there's reasons that happen um and i i think that the fact that justified did not go there was was great uh really commendable and surprising um but you know they did kill characters off they killed this is a
1: great question actually let me let me interrupt because susan appleby asked a question character you wish the writers didn't kill susan's is arlo or maybe ann helen if she had to pick one do you have a character you wish they hadn't killed
0: uh catherine hale because i love her um (laughs) (laughs) the guy who thinks that i'm weird with old ladies is uh rolling his eyes right now uh it's okay i understand where he's coming from um I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't really question many of the choices that they made. I mean, in my heart of hearts. Who do I really, really, really deeply wish was still alive? Like with this, with the way that Justified ended with the fact that doors are open where you know that certain people are off doing certain things, living their lives. Ava is in California with uh, little Zachariah. Raylan is in Florida being a dad and being friends with Winona, but never quite sealing the deal. Uh, Boyd is in prison either being authentically religious or not authentically religious. I do wish that I could say the same about dewey crow but i but i i've come to i 've made peace with it. Um, I think that the dewey crow episode uh, where he where he dies where he 's killed by Boyd is so important for everything that comes next in this final season of justified. I think that they really Justified the killing of Dewey, um, he was a real favorite character of mine. I, I love what Damien Harriman did with that with that role. Uh, incredible that he 's australian uh, there's just there 's so many great things about Dewey that you know you can imagine what Dewey would be doing if Dewey hadn't died there. Like, there's so many different story possibilities. But at the same time, I don't wish that they hadn't done it because I think that Dewey's death set the right tone for the season. It made you afraid that anybody could die at any given moment. Um, It, You know, it put the fear of God into you in a way that I don't know... They could have done by killing one of the marshals, even, you know, I, I think that they could have killed Tim in the first episode. And we have like all of those black helicopters and everything and everything that comes with killing a marshal. And that would have certainly raised the stakes in, in terms of like a certain level of danger. But there's a certain amount of and it's a weird thing to say about, a you know, a guy who got thrown into jail several times. But there's a certain level of innocence that dies when you kill Dewey Crow. No doubt, uh, you know, and uh, you know, it's something that we talked with uh, Duke Davis Roberts about when we, you know, lamented the loss of Choo Choo because Choo Choo kind of filled that void of you know, sort of the the not so bright but kind of in spite of himself, lovable criminal on this show. You know, Boyd had not been that for a very long time, and this final season really committed to that. Uh, and losing Dewey, I think when you when you lose a character like that, then it really does become game on. Anyone is fair game. Uh if you think that the people who are like who've made you laugh so many times on this on this show are completely immune, you're wrong. Um, so Dewey Crow is the one that I wish was still alive. And you know I I feel terrible still that he's gone. But I am totally on board with the decision to kill him. And I think it's um in retrospect, reflecting on this final season uh, it was a thousand percent the right call every day of the week. Uh, yeah, but he, would, he would be the only one I think that I would really say that about.
1: I think that's a really good perspective on why Dewey's death mattered. We had a question from Hannah. Hannah, who said that Justified wasn't even remotely on her radar until we started the podcast and thanked us hugely uh, and, and not only for her, but for her family and friends for dragging them into the show. Thank well, you, Hannah. Yeah,
0: thank you for saying that. And you're welcome. But um, mostly thank you, because if these podcasts got anybody uh, listening uh, into Justified, then we more than did our job here. Absolutely. So, absolutely. Uh, just but, to, to spread the love is great. But I think
1: Hannah had a question that really ties Perfectly into what you were just talking about With Dewey's death um, which is Do you think the show tried a bit too hard to vilify Boyd this season? Hannah Personally thought that, that Boyd was Already uh, doing a good enough job Showing that he was the bad guy and that The scenes where, where Boyd was the really bad Guy in this final season like killing Dewey Carl the driver he shot Shay Wiggum's character um, but maybe they were Overkill like and so I, I agree with you that the reason to Look at Dewey Crow's death as really being a Important Is because it sets the tone For this final season And I think after that point Anything is possible And I think that that's the lens that you're that you need to look at Dewey Crow's death through. But but using the Dewey Crow death and kind of talking about Boyd, I think we speculated a lot that they were they were making Boyd turn heel, that they were really having him do these really horrible things throughout the course of this final season, just so cold-blooded things. This is happening a little bit in season five, too. That that this wasn't the Boyd Crowder that we were gonna want to see live. Uh, and and at the end of the day, I guess I'd want to know what was your we didn't really talk about this in the finale. So did what do you think knowing that was our read on this? based on some of the deaths that that Boyd was involved with. Do you think that that was a little bit miscast or how do those deaths read to you knowing what we know now which is that Boyd survives and is beloved again?
0: Yeah, I think that um what's interesting about it is I I think that you really I don't think it's overkill. I I think it's I think it's all good. I I I think that what they did with Boyd this season was really terrific. I think that it was really important to get people Um so here's the thing about Boyd Crowder. Uh Boyd Crowder is a bad dude. Uh he's done some bad stuff, and whether that's because he is at his core a pretty bad guy, or because circumstances have made him this way. Uh, you know, we talked a lot in our season two and review podcast about how maybe he really did want to change, you know, his ways. Where maybe he did not want to be a criminal, maybe he really did want to reform, maybe he did just want to work in the mine and, you know, have some semblance of an honest life. But Raylan kind of comes into the bar and tells him, You are who you are, you're Boyd Crowder, blah, 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 blah. Um, and he goes ahead and comes back into it kind of slowly, but surely he starts getting more and more into that world. He's taking over uh, all of the crime in Harlan except for Weed, and then he's taking over Weed, and then he's getting into heroin and all of this stuff. And he's, you know, he's plunging into darkness throughout this whole series. It's consistent, you know, that's happening. Uh, you, you don't maybe realize it so quickly right away because he's so likable in a way because of how how funny he is. His dialogue is really brilliantly written and executed by Walton Goggins. He is set up on the show as the co-lead in a lot of ways. It's the Raylan Givens show, but it's almost as much, if not just as much, the Boyd Crowder show oftentimes. Um, I think... I think it was really important to have him kill someone like Dewey, uh, to have him continue killing people like Carl, like the person, the driver so that we could take this character that as most of the audience would, I would assume, you know, Boyd Crowder is a big part of why this show worked, uh, inarguably. Um, And I think to have that character who everybody, you know, going into this final season, I think a lot of people were probably thinking, you know, I don't know how how I want this to end. I want Boyd to get away, but I want Raylan to be okay too. And, you know, you're really torn going into this final season. And the final season does a pretty masterful job of turning your mind on Boyd to the to the extent that a lot of the comments that I was reading, not just on our podcast, Antonio, but on, you know, websites with interviews with Graham Yost and recaps and everything of a lot of people saying like, screw Boyd. I I don't even care if he dies. I hope he dies. Like, I, I don't want him to get away anymore. He's he's so he's so bad. He's so rotten, this, that and the other. And I think that that's important. So that when you go into the into the barn uh, with Raylan, you want Raylan to shoot him. You want Raylan to be the guy who walks out of there. You want him and Ava to leave, and you don't want Boyd to leave. So that when it starts to happen, that it's clear that if Raylan does this, he's crossing a line. All of a sudden, you don't want that to happen anymore. And whether that's because you want Boyd to be safe, you want Boyd to be protected, I don't think that's it. I think you don't want Raylan to cross that line. I think that that's the moment where you realize, Raylan, you have an opportunity to make some progress here. And I think that by having Boyd be the person on the opposite side of the room for that idea is really interesting. And then what's very amazing is this final scene of Justified, uh, this final conversation between Raylan and Boyd that is one of the most... Touching, affecting, moving scenes of anything, let alone this show, that I have seen in recent memory. Uh, and this is the guy that just one episode earlier, frankly, probably even earlier in this same episode, you were rooting <laughs> to die. Um, and he ends up breaking your heart. He ends up making you cry. We dug coal together. Uh, is you know, you know, followed with that's right is just one of the most beautiful exchanges ever uh, on television. I think it's so good. And to have that happen, having put Boyd through all of these things that maybe you could accuse of overkill. I think that that's all a testament to the fact that they could put Boyd through this really dark place. Arguably really had to put Boyd through this dark place to get Raylan into the light. And you, at the very end of the day, still feel for Boyd Crowder again. So I don't think it was overkill. I thought it was tremendous.
1: Yeah, and I, I'm with you. Boyd Crowder, such a great character. Like, it's so complicated. And you're right. Like, so complicated. It, it, and if you really unravel it all at, at the beginning of the series, you take it all the way back. Boyd and Raylan were very similar, right? They both grew up in Harlem. They both had criminal fathers. Raylan took a slightly different path than Boyd uh, in that Raylan chose to not be in Harlan anymore. Boyd went to the military. Boyd came back to Harlan. Raylan went away from Harlan and didn't come back. And when Boyd came back to Harlan, you hear the story of Boyd slowly breaking bad. First, he was a guy who didn't want to pay his taxes anymore. He declared himself a sovereign citizen and didn't have to pay taxes. So he went to jail. And when he went to jail, he found his way into the Aryan Brotherhood thing and got involved with that. So when he came out of jail, that's where he kind of was starting to build his flock. But Raylan recognizes this in the first episode, right? Kind of calls him out for it. You're much too smart to believe that whole mud people kind of nonsense that he's spouting off there, and and he's right because they know each other. They are very similar people, and the show has always been about. I think about how Raylan Givens had this sort of dark passenger vis a vis growing up as Arlo Givens' son. And Raylan was carrying that around with him and carrying around all that anger with him. And when Ona remarks about it at the end of the pilot, you're the angriest man I, I've ever met or I've ever known. You do a really good job of hiding it, but like she knows him really well. And that's what she, that's what he's got going on. And throughout the course of the series, what we see is we see, as you've noted, you know, we see Boyd kind of struggling, like that conversation you were just talking about in the bar, uh, where, you know, he's. Just trying to be himself too, yeah. Yeah, and he's being told exactly who he is by Raylan And Boyd is kind of stumbling his way throughout And then you're right, like you were just saying he's First he's, he's you know, selling weed And then he's selling, then he's going to do heroin And then it just gets worse and worse and worse We see him kind of going down this downward spiral That his character is sort of leading him And by say his character, I don't mean his capital C character Like his TV character, I mean his inner character Like this is what he's pursuing and that's what's happening At the same time that's happening, Raylan is doing the same Thing professionally, like Raylan is turning his back on art. Raylan is doing the Nicky Augustine thing, where he's he's had too much. He's going rogue a little bit, and he's gradually descending into this point where, by the end of season six, he's literally just done. He's turning in his gun and badge. He is crossing the line as he claims with his eyes wide open. So that when we do get to that scene, uh, as you were talking about in the barn, uh, when it's Boyd on the other end of that, both of these characters have come to this point uh, with everything they've experienced before them, and we actually. Had a really good question about this from Susie And Susie asked that at that confrontation Do you think Boyd was really Serious that he would come back and kill Raylan And Ava if Raylan didn't put him down Or do you think that he was just egging him on To see if he really was the man in the black Hat and Arlo's son And I I think that's a really great question And the reason I think it's a really great question is I don't really know at the end of the Day I think that Boyd was basically Saying I'm smart enough to recognize Raylan that if you do this to me right now You are crossing that line right and if you I, and, I, and I, that's my last hope here because otherwise you will kill me you're going to kill me if you want to I'm just going to point out to you the ultimate hypocrisy in you doing that uh, because you will have totally crossed the line I won't pull on you you'll be doing this extra ju- judicially and you won't be very different from me at, at the end of the day in that regard so I don't think he was it was a put on by Boyd I just think he was smart enough to recognize that you know that he was doing that but again again he is egging Raylan on so what do you think about that scene I know you're talking Talking about how what that scene says about the characters and how powerful it is there, but what about Boyd's motivation in that moment? Uh, is this is this a Boyd Crowder who really is? He's he's yelling at Raylan when he's on the hill the episode before, right? So what about his motivation in that moment? Is that is that something where he really is just begging for his life, or is his role in this drama to push Raylan right to the limit so Raylan knows like I don't want to be that guy?
0: I don't think it's that. I don't think it's that. I, I I think that he's he is pushing Raylan to kill him. I my read on Boyd there is that he is so at the end of his rope that there's you know no more rope to grab. Um and like the only tiniest thread that he is hanging on to is like he's not going to put the you know he's not going to draw on Raylan. He's at least going to you know have one final dick move where he's going to make Raylan do the thing that he wants to have happen, but isn't going to do himself because at least he could do some damage to to Raylan. Um and to tie this in. Into actually something else. This is from Harry Schaefer. Uh, Harry says, going back to the scene with Boyd and Ava in the Bennett shed. There's a great interview with Walton Goggins on EW posted, where he said that uh, that that scene was edited. Originally, the scene also showed that Boyd knew he was dry firing at Ava, which changes everything for me, and that his intent was never to kill Ava. She was the outlaw's one weak spot. Um, and then in in this actual interview that uh, that Harry is referring to, uh, Walton says. When Boyd pulls that trigger on Ava two times, he knows that there are no bullets in that gun. There's a shot that Adam Arkin did and a suggestion that he made that was so appropriate in the moment where after I fired that gun at Ava two times, Adam had me take the gun, Adam Arkin being the director as well as the guy who played Theotinan. Uh Adam had me take the gun and point it at my own head and pull the trigger. And it was so powerful for me as an actor, just the symbolic nature of that act and what it represented. It was like in my worst, darkest nightmare, this is what I want to do to you because this is what I want to do to myself. He would never do it, um, and for me, I First of all, I, I guess my stance is like that could have been their intention. That might have been the way that they shot it. That might have been what they were thinking in the moment. But you only get what's on the screen um, and you you can interpret something ambiguous however you want. For me, my interpretation, even after hearing something like that, is I, I think that Boyd may have been trying to kill Ava there. Uh, I, I think that Boyd very much could have been uh, killing Ava in that moment. If he had had it his way and it just so happens that the bullets are out. You could read it the other way, too, that he's, you know, just symbolically killing her. And especially if there's this scene that's cut where he's going to symbolically shoot himself in the head, but nothing's going to happen. I think that it all speaks to the same thing between that. And this moment with Raylan is just how far down, you know, the the pits of despair he he is um, and how much he is willing to kind of push things. And I think that he is in such a dark way that for me, he's willing to kill the love of his life and he's willing to make this guy Raylan have to live the rest of his life with the knowledge that he has killed Boyd Crowder. Beyond that, I think, um, you know, this this whole line of, of dialogue that he has about like. I'm going to come after you and I'm, I'm going to kill Loretta. I'm going to kill you. Like one day I'm going to get out of jail and these things are going to happen. I do believe he means it in the moment. I think that he's so angry. I think that he's so, so ruined by everything that has happened here that I don't, I don't think that that's just him conning Raylan. I think it's a, it's an honest warning. I think, I think that if, if Raylan doesn't kill him there, I think that, which he doesn't, I think that Boyd, as he's doing that perp walk, I think that there are, there are many days after that moment, weeks even, potentially years, where he is fantasizing about that day that he's getting out of jail and he's going after Raylan. I think that, um, for me, it's a stronger moment for Raylan Gibbons if he takes that threat seriously and decides it's worth the, it's worth the cost. Um, so I... I don't think that he's just egging him on, and I do think that he would have killed Ava. I think that that's the Boyd Crowder that we're seeing in that uh, final scene in the quote-unquote present of Justified. And then I'm just very impressed by the contrast of him in his final scene.
1: Yeah, and I, I guess I would say, and, and I want to I get right into the, the contrast of the final scene in a second here, because we had some more questions that play in there. But I guess what I would say is it's definitely a better scene if Raylan reads Boyd to be serious. Yeah, I think so. Definitely. I completely agree with you there. I mean, there's
0: there's there's merit to him reading it as him goading him where he's like, oh, this poor son of a bitch, I can't kill him. You know, that's good. Yeah, too. there is
1: merit to that. But I, but I but I, I think it's a bigger decision ultimately when he takes him seriously, when he realizes this is a chance to rid the world of this person who has caused all of these things that have caused so many problems for me, people I care about and on and on and on. But I can't I, I am not I'm still not going to do that because I've got to live by the right code. And it's it so perfectly arced for Raylan Because at the beginning of the series He does put Tommy Bucks into that position Where Tommy Bucks feels he has no choice But to pull on Raylan Because Raylan is going to shoot him For not leaving town within 24 hours And and that Raylan creates that situation Where he then, oh, it was justified I pulled on him, it was justified Well, you created the situation there uh, So Raylan, you are really pretty close To being the kind of guy That just shoots people for no reason Or, or because you want to uh, And even in that moment If he reads Boyd as very validly Needing to be shot And decides not to You're right That's a huge deal for Raylan So I do think it's better If Raylan reads it that way Although it still works If Raylan doesn't As you just said What I would say is though I think we're we're kind of Ignoring one little bit of this And and it, it ties into Some of the feedback Raylan gives Boyd More than just that clemency Right? He gives Boyd the opportunity To ask Ava one question Sure and the question that 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 Boyd asks is just is just why did you do it right like why did you do it and and Ava's answer is great like it's a devastating answer it's the kind of answer like that's the worst case scenario because he in that moment realizes immediately everything that he's done to her to put her in the position where she really truly thought that he would have done the same thing to her he I think really hates that 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 he hates himself for creating that situation and I think that that does come out in that in that final scene so if you read Boyd Crowder as... The kind of person who would not have killed Ava, that he really did love her all along. Uh, then I think that the final scene, not before the we dug coal together part, but the, the the Raylan giving Boyd the news that that Ava has quote unquote died. Um, Susie had given us some feedback and said that she really felt for Boyd in the end because you could tell he really did love Ava after everything, and his heart was broken to know that she was gone. Yeah, uh, and and we had some other feedback about. It. I mean, was that your read on that? Did he? Do you think that? I I mean did you, you you're saying you think that it would it, it, it plays that he wanted to kill ava so do you read that he really had a lot of love for ava at the end of the day still
0: yeah yeah i don't yeah. think the two are mutually exclusive i don't think so either you know, I, yeah, if that's if that's not conveyed in what I said before, that's on me. But to just set the record straight, I think that he loved the shit out of her. Uh, and still and, loved her even years later when he found out she was dead. I think, you know, the, the forever kind of love. I think that he loved her forever. Uh, and I think that in that moment, he hated her intensely as well.
1: Uh, yeah, the only reason I was a little lost is you were talking about, and you mentioned Raylan, he's going to get out of, he, he fantasized a lot about the time he was going to get out of jail and kill Raylan. But his threat wasn't just to kill Raylan, right? was also to kill ava he tried to kill her he was unable to do it uh even though the scene was cut out where he didn't do it um I, i i guess that final scene is definitely it's not mutually exclusive he could have been really angry at her in the moment and actually tried to kill her and they cut it out for a reason right they cut it out because they wanted to convey i think that he would have
0: done it in that moment i think they at least want that option on the table Yeah, I I think you can uh, certainly plenty of people have read it in the way that Boyd was not actually going to kill Ava. And, you know, an interview from Walton Goggins saying that that's how they shot it is only going to bolster that opinion for many people. But that that scene that that Walton is describing is not on the show. It's
1: not in the show. They cut it out for a reason. So
0: it's not definitive. It's open to interpretation. My interpretation is that he would have done it. Um, That doesn't mean if you think that he wasn't going to kill Ava here, it doesn't make that wrong either. It's whatever you really want to read. The fact is, is that you can read it either way, I think. Um, And I think that you can, you can really, really love someone and really, really hate someone at the same time. You can, you can love and hate that one person super furiously and intensely in the same moment. Uh, It's called a crime of passion, isn't it, Antonio?
1: yeah and i and i mean a part of that is how truly we, deeply you and i hate. know
0: very well about that no josh no josh josh,
1: josh josh no 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 we can't talk about that we know
0: all about uh, crimes of fashion
1: we don't we, we want to I, I don't uh, i don't become sentimental when it comes to stuff like that i don't like to uh keep mementos when it comes to anyway um what i would say is you're right and and i think the hatred that was in his heart uh might have been as much for himself like we've talked about uh than anyone else and that he hated himself so much in that time that to wait up. Punish himself for that hate was to kill the thing He loved most and so that that Sort of self-loathing uh, manifests Sometimes in that way and that's not It's not to say it's not horrible it's not To say that it's not actionable or punishable It's not to say it's not the sort of thing a person should Go to jail for or be excused for But I think in Boyd Crowder I think you're Right I don't think the two things are mutually exclusive I was a little confused because you were talking about All these fantasies but you did mention Raylan and not her the question really does mention You know I think people Are wondering whether he was serious about any of it and I guess you're saying he might have been serious about the Raylan part but not the Ava part or
0: no I I I still can think that in in that moment he's serious about all of it he's gonna he's
1: serious about thinking he's going to get out of jail and kill Ava later that he's really wanting to do that later
0: have you never said something like ridiculously mean and stupid and really truly with all of your heart meant it in the moment and then Whether it's an hour, whether it's days, whether it's weeks, whether it's years later, you look back on that thing you said and you're like, I cannot believe that I really felt that way. I think it's one of those. Yeah.
1: And what's the only reason I ask that repeatedly is it's sort of weird, right, that Ava is still terrified of Boyd that she's hiding from him. When Raylan shows up at her doorstep, he says, she says, you're not the only person that I'm worried about. She doesn't want Boyd to know that that Boyd Jr.'s little Zachariah exists. Uh, she doesn't want any of that to happen, uh, because she knows that, that that's going to be bad. So is she worried that Boyd's going to kill her or just worried that he's going to exist in her
0: life? Yeah. I think that both of those are nightmare scenarios for her. Right. Um, you know, Again, interpret the the shooting, you know, the gun at her. However, you'd like. Uh, I would imagine her interpretation of their final meeting together is not a positive one. It's not. It's not an interpretation where uh, she sees this as just a metaphor, where he is saying like, "This is what I'd like to do to you." I I would think that Ava feels like she truly dodged at least one or two bullets in, in that scene. And I don't think that she thinks about a man like Boyd Crowder, given everything that she put him through as somebody that could ever walk back into her life in a positive way. Uh, the only way he could walk back into her life is as, you know, a you know, as a tank to blow everything up. She didn't
1: read that interview with entertainment. She weekly, did what not say
0: no, I don't think that she gets that in uh, wherever she is in California. She doesn't get yeah, a subscription.
1: she needs to write some letters to entertainment weekly or maybe pentos okay yeah, Hannah, Hannah had said that. She, Hannah was wondering about the final scene that do you think Raylan lied uh, for Ava or for Zachariah? Because Hannah thought the only real threat to Ava that Boyd can be comes from the crime and outlaw lifestyle that he chooses to live. And Hannah's read was that Ava's life would never be threatened by Boyd personally. Um, but that being said, uh, Hannah said she knows a huge part of the show has been getting out of Harlan and uh, getting Harlan out of the people themselves. So it could make sense that this lie is giving Zachariah a chance uh, out of this life that they just never had. Uh, and and I guess I guess the 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 power of all this and, and kind of where we started talking about this uh, a few minutes ago was ultimately in that the the story between Raylan and Boyd is so interesting and so intertwined, and it and it really comes to just this you talk about final seasons of television being so great and, and why this one is. Everything that occurred between those two characters comes to head not only in that barn, but then later again in that scene in the prison. And yeah, We Dug cold together is an incredibly poetic line, and, and it's even more so by how it was delivered, right? Like, where they both know that that's the reason. Like, they both know each other so closely in that respect that they both know that they're going to say that. It's like the astronaut story from season four where they kind of read each other's minds. They knew exactly where the other one would go and they remembered back to a time when they were kids growing up together when an astronaut came to their school and told them about something and that's where they would go to get a helicopter so these guys know each other really, really intimately, even though they're the kind of Gary Cooper types in some respects who aren't going to share those emotional feelings with one another and who are going to sum them up in a bon mot or some little phrase like we dug coal together that speaks to so much more uh, than than just digging coal together, that means so much more to the people in Harlan County and to the people who understand the bond that is formed between people whose lives are in each other's hands, who suffer through that experience together. There's a little bit of the teasing around those lines that goes on in season one where rayland says something like well when you're underground with somebody for a really long time and you have to put you know your life with them you, you come to trust them or know them in certain ways uh and it's not just like drinking beer together it, it's it's something very significant and there's so much poetry in that so you're right as you were just saying like for the for that scene to kind of come up the way it did and for that to represent what it represented It's so awesome And it's made more powerful By the fact that These guys know each other Better than we know them For sure Uh, And they always have And no matter what We as an audience know From an omnipresence standpoint uh, They're always in each other's heads In that regard And they get each other On that level Better than we'll We'll get either one of them So I do like that It's a little bit mysterious Why Raylan is ultimately Telling a lie Is it for Ava? Is it for Zachariah? Is it because he just wants Boyd To be able to get some closure And move on? Is it because he knows Boyd is sad uh, is because he doesn't trust boyd it could be because of all those things he knows boyd crowder like he knows that knowing Eva is out there would drive boyd crazy and that he is probably thinking about it in the back of his mind for good or an evil or for both of those things in the same day uh and i think that it's it's really just a great 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 final scene we had ton of questions and feedback about it so i think a lot of people wanted to talk about that so it, it makes total sense yeah
0: all right what do you want to go to next
1: well it's a, I mean it's a it's a good kind of a, a good kind of pivot I, I guess to talk about um, a Zachariah a little bit Um, This is I thought a very good observation By Emily Kaz Uh, And Emily said regarding Ava's son When do you think she found out Susan Appleby asked a similar question Was her motivation for doing all that she did In season 6 was that the kid Uh, Admittedly Emily says she saw it coming But thought it would be too soapy but no it worked out Really well Uh, and Emily As an aside says it was totally Winn Duffy that helped her out And uh, Susan says I guessed at one point Ava might be pregnant But I thought she would use that to control Boyd did you suspect this end when did Ava stop loving Boyd? Season five, when he didn't help her in prison. So let's talk about that pregnancy angle. Do you think that she knew and used this to manipulate any of the events? Or do you think that this is why she did what she did? Or did she not find out until after?
0: Um, I don't know. You know, this is this is one of those things. The the uh, Ava being pregnant was a real curveball for me. I, maybe that's me just not having uh, that kind of intuition, but I didn't expect it. Uh, I did. I did not expect that to be something that we were going to find out on the show. Um, and it's, it's one of those things that for me makes me want to, go back and watch like I want to I want to rewatch. you know episodes of this final season and try to pinpoint like where where that happened was there a moment where where she knew uh you know both Emily and Susan saying like I I kind of saw it coming I didn't see it coming at all it was never something that you and I talked about uh on the Ari Antonio are we are we rebooting are we going to rewatch the pod and we're going to no, reboot we're, we're going to repodcast we're not we're not oh <laughs> sorry. sorry you said it was all the rage nowadays no we're not no I said revivals revive. revivals are we're going to
1: revive our podcast not
0: reviving our podcast it's dead it's dying it's almost done no,
1: I know. Now you're no, no. We, we didn't talk about it. We didn't. I mean, this was not something that was on our radar. It was only on my radar when we got to that very final scene. Sure. But she was very clearly hiding something inside her house. It started going through my mind like, oh, she probably has a kid. Uh, Brendan Fitzpatrick thought even openly speculated, maybe it's Raylan's kid. I think that that question was answered by Graham Yost in a postmortem where he said nothing happened between Raylan and Ava in that kind of weird nebulous between two episodes moment. Uh, where they do kiss in the middle of season six here. And we're, we're left to wonder what happens between the time that happens and then Boyd comes home.
0: Well, yeah, it's like five minutes between the time that they kiss and Boyd comes home. So what can happen you know, in five minutes, yeah, Josh? Listen, I, Raylan Gibbons is a lot of things, but he is not a two-pump chump, okay? You know, <laughs> that, is, that, is not, that is not Raylan Gibbons. That, that is not a guy who is, uh, who is you know, doing this in five minutes. He's quick on the trigger. He's quick on the trigger, but not, not in the bedroom. All right. All that's right. Just, that's. Listen, I I don't think so. So, but when when do you think
1: uh, when do you think that that uh, that the whole that the whole I mean did you did you really did you ever stop shipping Raylan and Ava or start or did you go through fits and starts
0: of that? Uh, no. I mean, their romantic relationship has been off the table for so long. Uh, it's been off the table basically since midway into season one. Um, you know they they go their separate ways and they never come back together. Uh, They only really start to have scenes together again this season. In season six, they're away from each other for so long. Um, You know, they have scenes together, but, you know, not consistent scenes together. Um, I was only ever this season, I think, shipping Raylan and Ava insofar as I really wanted him to fulfill the promise of everything's going to be fine. I really wanted everything to be fine, Uh, both for Ava because I cared about Ava and for Raylan's sake because he had made such a big promise to her that, you know, I was very scared of what that would look like if he couldn't deliver. Um, and you know, in this, in this final, um, not this final in this, in this scene midway into season six where they do share that kiss. And he says, I think I'm going to hang around for a little while. You and I were both like, Oh my God, they're doing it really. And we were both very nervous about that and what that might mean. And I don't think either of us were very sure that we liked it. No, uh, no, so, we weren't. And so when the very first, you know, couple of scenes in the next episode, in the very next episode, and pretty quickly clarified that nothing further went on you know you can understand like the kiss of of passion the heat of the moment you know you can understand that like these are two people who are connected um, and feel for each other in a very strong and, and profound way but not quite in that romantic way i don't think and i i wasn't really i wasn't really shipping them this season in that capacity i only cared about them uh in relation to each other insofar as that they both got what they wanted and what they both wanted was to get the hell out of harlan alive
1: Yeah, and and I just, I think that I think that it just comes back to, I think Raylan did probably feel a little sorry for Ava and sorry for what he put her through. I mean, I think that's, I mean, I agree. Like I just, I think that the characters had a lot of emotions together, but maybe not those kind of emotions as you were saying. Uh, And there was a lot of, we we talked a ton about that, right? About the high school Ava and all that stuff. So I think that there was, there there was a lot they traded on there that wasn't necessarily romantic. Uh, And, but I mean, I I think the question is open because the, the question is when do you think and when getting back to that, when do you think that really stopped between Boyd and Ava? And the answer is, I don't know.
0: Um, you know, uh, there's, there's a very real breakup halfway into season five, you know, yeah. Um, th- they, they break off, they break it off. Ava says, no moss, no more. I'm out. Um And, you know, Boyd, I don't know that Boyd fully buys it in the moment. I don't know how much of that is like a self-defense mechanism for Ava in the moment versus how much she authentically believes it. Um, but, you know, she's really struggling with the decision to to turn on Boyd in the first place, you know, to play ball with what Raylan wants to become his informant. Um, I don't know. And I don't even know that I would say that Ava ever stopped loving Boyd. You know, I I think that it's, it's really hard to ever really, really stop loving somebody all the way. Uh, You know, Ava is going to have this, um, you know, this kid in her, in her life that is a reflection of his father. You know, she's looking at Boyd Crowder in some capacity every single day. She at least has to love him for the fact that her, you know, her beautiful kid exists, you know? Um, But where, where it, you know, really ended for her as far as, um, you know, kind of deciding that this is not going to work anymore. I think that that's probably somewhere around the cabin. I think somewhere around Bulletville, maybe a little bit before Bulletville, um, maybe maybe the moment where she decides that she is going to run away um, through Limehouse you know, that moment where she decides she is just going to leave everybody behind. That to me is the real signal that she is out of this. Like she's done, you know, loyalty to Raywin as well, but loyalty to Boyd certainly and any loyalty to that relationship working out in that moment where she's, could to go to Limehouse and get the hell out of Harlan that way, I think is pretty clear to me that her, any hopes that she was having that this relationship was going to work seems to be gone. Um, but again, I think that that's a, that's a customizable opinion. I think that you can, you can read things several different ways for that.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, I would, I would say like, I, I agree that that is a major major break and that's when of course she comes out and says everything about how she'd been working against him and everything. But I think that she was manipulating him very clearly for information before that. And she was using love and sex and their connection to do those things, cooking him very nice meals and going to the bar and getting bourbon drunk and saying she hasn't thrown up since she was a cheerleader or whatever. Right. And you,
0: you think that that night where they have like that big drunken night in the bar, you think that that's not great for her either? You think that you think that that's only something that Boyd is enjoying? I I think that she is
1: in a different headspace in that, in that time. I, I guess I couldn't say for sure that she had no enjoyment out of it, but I think that she is gone. I mean, I just think she's gone. I think what happens with Ava is, Prison breaks her to a certain extent And takes her to her most animal level And takes her to her most self-preservation level And causes her to do some things That she maybe didn't know that she could do Or do them in ways that she didn't realize And really have to look out for herself And it's a breach, it's a major breach And part of the breach is because Boyd is so distracted and not focusing And so you're right, like somewhere there In season five, like there there Is a major breakup that happens And I think that breakup is A breakup that's represented by Ava essentially going into self-preservation Mode Uh, like hey Like this would be great I have to look out for myself Though like I'm sorry but that's Where it's going to be and that's basically what she says In season five and I think her actions from then on really still betray that that's that's what's at her core more than loving Boyd more than wanting to help Raylan more than anything else she's in self preservation mode throughout I do think that's why she plays both sides a little bit um, she doesn't work enough with Raylan to truly jeopardize herself with Boyd she doesn't love Boyd enough to truly jeopardize herself with Raylan uh, but she's doing both kind of just kind of trying to keep plates spinning trying to keep herself alive another three days or I'm sorry another one day. Um, Um, And just do whatever she needs to do Like I really think that that's her primary motivating Factor in the back of her head Is she still carrying feelings for Boyd there's probably something there for sure Um, But I I think that it's Way more there on Boyd's side than hers And I think that that I think the breach in season Five listen you talk about rewatches Let's rewatch season five And what happens with Ava and really Track that out and we'll see exactly where That occurs and how much we track that To actually mattering because that I think is, is pretty key to understand where ava crowder's head is at even throughout the beginning of season six for sure
0: yeah i think one of the greatest things about season six uh while we were watching it um and i and i wonder about it in you know upon reflection and upon whenever it is whenever the day comes that we go back and and watch that you know um i i just i i never really knew You know, like I just, I never knew with Ava. I didn't know whose side she was on. I didn't, you know, we, we constantly were saying she's on her side. You know, she's going to, she's going to land on whatever works best for her, like whatever deal, whether that's running away with Boyd or taking up Raylan on, on his thing. But it never really occurred to me, even after the Limehouse thing that she was just going to strike out on her own completely. Um, And, you know, like you can, you can play the guessing game all you want of like, whose side is Ava really on? Is she with Raylan? Is she with Boyd? Um, I, for me, it was never like ironclad clear, a hundred percent clear until she shot him, you know, when she shot him and leaves Raylan, you know, in the dust, that's, finally the moment where uh you know that was that was really when i could say like i know where where ava stands in this uh, it really wasn't until then that i had a complete grip on what ava was thinking and and what she wanted truly like what she what ultimately was what she was after um not enough can be said about what joelle carter did as ava crowder on this show but on this final season especially um i i hope that uh people are um going to be singing her praises in in years to come because she really did some spectacular work this season I think and she's proven herself to be a pretty phenomenally talented actress
1: I agree completely and and that is just uh
0: Have you ever she, um, watched an interview with her or like heard her actual voice? yes yeah it's kind of weird because she does not sound like ava crowder not at all no, and, and, no, and, and I'm no like, accent at all i'm
1: like wow that her real voice is like a bad actor voice like she's not doing a good job of her normal voice yeah. like because i've just assumed that her ava crowder voice is her normal voice so hearing her normal voice i'm like that's that's a bad actor job like that's not a good accent it's really funny to me yeah uh, i want to do some rapid fire stuff with you here josh sure How about, are you yeah, ready yeah. for
0: that yeah let's do it all right so
1: John uh, Franco Gervaso wants to know: What are the chances of Willa Givens and Boyd Junior' wedding? <laughs>
0: um, not high, <laughs> not high, <laughs> not high, not great. Uh, bad, not great, Bob. Bad chances. <laughs> not great, John Franco. Uh, yeah, bad, <laughs> bad chances. I think. I mean, it would be amazing. It'd be terrific. But no way. No, no, no.
1: <laughs> all right, so. all right. Here here's a good bonus question from Emily. Emily wants to know if that was Boone's hat and we have confirmation. That was definitely Boone's hat that Raylan took and and was walking around with. Yes. If that was Boone's hat, do you think Raylan's original white hat was from someone he killed as well?
0: Oh man. I would like to think so. Who who do you think it was? I don't know. Um uh Tommy Buck Sr. Tommy Buck Sr., just his dad, yeah, like it's just somebody has been yeah.
1: menacing this clan forever. Yeah, exactly. I think Fraylin does say something about that White Stetson where it's just like, well, I put it on and it felt right or whatever. I, I feel like he says something about that original hat. If, if this is something we'll have to track, let us know in the comments that hat that he's wearing at the white hat, doesn't he not have that at the very beginning of the series? And then he puts it on in like the second episode and Rachel's like, that's when Rachel's original nice hat reference comes from that she brings back in the finale. I don't know. We'll have to, we'll have to rewatch Josh.
0: Oh man. Um, well I'm just, I mean, I'm looking at a picture of his hat right now in the scene of him with Tommy bucks and it looks like the hat he's wearing all season long. Um, so who knows where he got it all right? show long uh no but i like that idea quite a bit so <laughs> i think that's so, terrific
1: so i guess another question and maybe if you don't know about this i can definitely uh i can definitely drop in on this uh this was kind of a, a standalone question from from lisa pope lisa loves our justified podcast big fan of yours josh and uh really like the kentucky native insights i brought to the season this year oh i do uh, and, too. And says she's going to miss Boyd, her most favorite villain ever. Her question is this: What was the book Raylan gave to Tim when they were saying goodbye, and what was the significance of it?
0: Yeah. All right. So take it away, Antonio. This is something, and just just to just to say this, based on what you and I have been texting each other in the in the time since uh, we stopped talking about Justified last, you went ahead and you bought like all the Raylan given stuff from Elmore Leonard, right?
1: I did, and I bought this book. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. So so and I read and
1: I read this book.
0: <laughs> oh, you read this book? I
1: read this book. Was, yeah, it's not it very good. Well. Good recommendation. Wait. It's great. Yeah. Okay. If you All like right. crime novels, it's fantastic. All
0: right. So, so lay, lay it on us. What is this book? What's it called? Who's it by? What is it? Uh, what is it about? Uh, and why does it matter uh, Friends of, Eddie, of justified
1: friends Sorry. of Eddie Coyle is a book written in the seventies. It was a book by a guy named George Higgins who was in a USA in Boston. Uh, And he wrote about basically uh, Irish criminals in Boston. Uh, And it's a, it's very justified. It's very much about small time criminals and informants and uh, the kind of people that are working with them. And it's very much crime from a criminal's perspective. The sort of thing that the wire gets a lot of credit for about telling the stories of not just the police, but also the criminals. This is that kind of story. Uh, And it's, like I said, very quick read, very good read. Not a lot of characters that you especially want to root for, but a lot of, especially vivid characters, I think you would say like, this is a kind of an Elmore Leonard kind of book and what's the significance of it. And I think this was a little hat tip to Elmore Leonard. Uh, like we talked about Raylan getting a new hat was a hat tip to Elmore Leonard. Um, Elmore Leonard is on record basically saying that the friends of Eddie Coyle was the best crime novel ever written. Uh, and and the the writer himself, Higgins, did not like being called a crime writer. Uh, he saw himself as like this David Simon-like, you know, Charles Dickens chronicler of all these things that were happening in the city and understanding the human condition and all of these things. So we were talking earlier about transcending genre and transcending form, and we're talking about Elmore Leonard doing that, And justified doing that. This is a book that definitely does that. It's certainly of a particular place and time. It's very the descriptions of the characters, what they're wearing, what they're doing, very 1970s for sure. Uh, but it's a great quick little read if you like crime you have to read it if you ever read it
0: cool did uh, did it make you feel uh did it feel a void that you know justified was gone this was something that kind of spoke to that part of you that you needed a little bit of something like this
1: yeah i think so and it's uh, what's really interesting about it how to long me, is it it's probably just maybe like 250 300 pages in the small paperback that i've got it's not a long book yeah. um what i would say is what's really really interesting to me is that uh Is that Raylan says if he's read it once, he's read it 10 times. And I think that's fascinating because it is so much of a piece of the type of fictional stories we saw play out on Justified. Boone is always talking about uh, not seeing TV characters or seeing not really knowing movie characters. Raylan's talking about John Wayne, Gary Cooper and all these other people to think that Raylan uh, throughout the course of the series has been sort of seeing himself in some way as a player in these types of stories, like not from a meta level. Right. Not not, not breaking the fourth wall and being like, I'm a man in a box is this the Truman show? I'm being filmed. What's going on. But from a, like, I play a role here. I'm like the good guy. I'm the guy in the white hat, literally. And I'm going to shake these guys down and I'm going to give them a little bit of shitty dialogue. And I'm going to, I'm going to do what the people do in the movies. Like I'm going to do what the people do in the books. And by the way, I haven't seen the movie yet, but there is a famous movie, uh, with, uh, with well-known actors. Uh, the friends of Eddie Coyle was adapted into a, a famous flick. So, uh, I think that it's interesting to know that Raylan is taking in, they don't talk about Elmore Leonard on the show, but Raylan would love Elmore Leonard, and he's an Elmore Leonard character. So I yeah. think that that's
0: fascinating. Okay, interesting.
1: So I don't know. Do you have any other questions? I think there's a good one to kind of dovetail into what we're, what we're talking about doing next. If there's anything else that we didn't get to in the questions list, Josh, I don't know if there's anything you wanted to cover.
0: Uh, there's there's a fun one from from Brendan, uh, who he wanted us to rank the big bads of the season. Now that we have Avery oh, yeah, I wanted mix. to
1: hit that in. I wanted to hit that in the rapid fire. Let's do that. So Megs is the best, right? All right.
0: Well, let's first off, let's just talk who they are. Season one is Bo Crowder, right? We can say yep. Bo Crowder. Oh, crowder boyd's dad season two is mags bennett yep season three is uh is quarrels yeah we'll call it quarrels we won't share it with limehouse because limehouse lasts uh who do you call it for season four is it drew thompson is it is it uh nikki augustine i think it's nikki augustine okay
1: yeah i think it's the detroit mob vis-a-vis nikki augustine and they're coming after drew thompson aka shelby who's sort of turned his life around a
0: little bit okay and then there's daryl crow And then there's Daryl Crow. And then there's Avery Markham. And then then there's Avery. All right. So let's do this. I think that uh, last place is probably Daryl Crow.
1: Yeah, I I think so. I mean, Bo Crowder didn't get a ton to do. uh, Played by MC Ganey. Is that right? Yeah uh mr friendly from lost great a great actor to kind of pop into that role didn't get a ton to do but i think daryl crowe was just legitimately disappointing i don't know how else to put it uh the, those are elmore leonard characters the crowe family but uh and they wanted to work him into the show and i get it but man alive he just it just he just didn't fit for whatever reason i think he was supposed to be this big menace who could also be a little smart and he just didn't seem to do a good enough job of being any of that
0: yeah and then i think uh after daryl crowe you probably do put Beau Crowder.
1: You put Bo Crowder, yeah, and then probably what Nikki Augustine, Uh,
0: yeah. So I I think that the I think that there's a clear line in terms of top three, bottom three. Uh, I think that's right. And you know you can you can shuffle this bottom three however you want for my money, and you know it's mostly fine. Like if you think that Bo Crowder really did not work and Daryl Crow is underrated, uh, make the argument. You know I might not listen to it, but you can make the you can make the argument. Uh, And I think that the top three is pretty clear. Uh, And I think obviously number one is Mags Bennett. So I think. Think the the question is uh, are you are you Avery Markham over Quarles? Are you Quarles over Avery Markham? Um, I'm personally Quarles ahead of Markham. Uh, I I think that Bobby Quarles is one of my favorite characters to ever come in and out of Justified. But if you said Avery Markham ahead of Bobby Quarles, I wouldn't be mad.
1: Yeah i i I think that uh, I think that'd put, I'd put i put Quarles ahead of Markham. I think the biggest issue with Markham is that he he really was a little bit too much talk and not enough action. He, he, he had bigger plans and he had bigger deals. And then he ultimately ended up, his execution was quite poor. And in that respect, his story wasn't that different than Quarles or anybody who came into Harlan. But I, I think that Quarles was a, a much more memorable character. And I think the fact that he survives is not to be, uh, not to be underrated
0: there. Well, if he survives. I think he survives, it's right? up to But that's up to interpretation. I will choose to believe that uh, Bobby Quarles is freaking out somewhere in a prison cell. Yeah, uh, in the
1: context of the show, it's not clear. The not Yost clear. did come out and say that he does survive.
0: Well, he's. I think that he said that he really wanted to get uh, Quarles Him back and, on the show.
1: On but the he's final in jail. Season, but
0: there was no we- reason, uh, no reason, no way to do it. Uh, so, in, in Graham Yost's mind, Quarles is alive. But you know, you could only take that as gospel the same way that you can take Walton Goggins saying that he wasn't going to kill Ava as gospel. If it wasn't on the show, it wasn't on the show. I think. Yeah, that's um, true. But you know, I I will I will follow Graham Yost through that door for sure i will happily believe that bobby Quarles <laughs> is alive because that's a spinoff we could see oh that would be a good spinoff uh, he quar- and dickie bennett could be in the same jail he hey, th- boy could be in the same jail yeah if you get boy dickie quarrels and wind busts them out of prison for one last heist you know oh my god get get out of here get out oh. of here with that talk uh we'll no nope, be- glass over here no beyond beyond that i think uh i think we ought to start thinking about uh as sad as it is to start thinking about wrapping this up antonio
1: Yeah, my only I only want one more question for I only have one more question from you, Josh, because several people asked about this. When Duffy got the money, right?
0: When Duffy got the money.
1: Now, that's not something that's on the show, but that's our interpretation. When When Duffy got the money. When Duffy got and he's in Fiji surfing it up. I think that that's
0: pretty on the show.
1: I think that it pretty much is. I mean, I think that that is the that is the best theory that he uses the dog van to smuggle the money or Ava out. I think there was uh, actually some pretty good feedback that we have that maybe the fact that the dog van might have smells that distract the dogs is a big part of why he wanted the dog grooming van. Um, that that he was able to hide certain scents or things in the in the van. Uh, that's pretty awesome to think about that. That might have been why he specifically requested that. Yeah. I don't know if that's why. But well, that's-
0: listen, we don't we we never get to see what win needs the van for we never get any follow-up of what he needs the the topography map for uh, why else unless he is going back to harlan um, you know why would he why would win duffy go back to harlan county unless he had like an ace plan unless he had like an airtight survival plan that this was going to work out uh, for all of his faults and of course there are many you know he was he was a real dick sometimes when Duffy was a survivor that is a guy who has had the blood oh my god I would love to see Win Duffy on Survivor he is that he would probably do okay uh, he would make the merge I think he's the guy I think he could go the distance um, you know he's the guy who gets you know more blood and brains splattered on his face by people standing next to him than basically anybody on the show uh so many people die in such increasingly violent and inventive ways on the show in front of and around duffy and he walks away unscathed except for the blood of other people on him um when duffy knowing how badly avery markham wants him dead knowing how how much so many people would would love to just see him fail him going back into the belly of the beast of harlan county without a really terrific plan does not make sense to me uh so I choose to believe that he had an awesome plan. I choose to believe that the dog van is to throw other dogs off the scent. I believe that Raylan believing that Win was the likeliest candidate means that it was Win. Wynn has the money, Wins in Fiji, he's surfing, and he will be uh, on hashtag winning uh, at some point in 2017.
1: I like that he's, I like to think he's maybe specifically, um, funded or endowed a grant or a scholarship at some school in the name of Mikey. Uh, I like to think that when Duffy has purchased some sort of like, he doesn't need a tanning bed anymore because he's got some sort of business or bungalow out there in Fiji where he can help other people be happy. Maybe, you know, he did, Jer- Jerry Burns did pop up in breaking bad as a drug counselor. So maybe he's a counselor of some sort, like telling people like, look, don't get so caught up or let down by all the things that are going on around. You here's how you react to things very calmly. Or maybe you lose yourself in the moment just a little bit. Here's how you bring yourself back. So maybe as a life coach, Win Duffy as a life coach, I'd watch that season on winning. Like I watched that series. If it was if winning was Win Duffy as a motivational life coach, I would be all about it. Yeah. So I agree with you. I I don't I think the topographical map is key. I don't think you need a topographical map just to drive back into Harlan in a dog van. Yeah. I think you need that because there's a very specific place, maybe in the mountains that you want to go. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think that. Um, All right, I think that's All right. it. I
1: think that's it. And I think that's it. We have one more question, Josh. This is from Linda, uh, Linda Canarsa, and uh, Linda said Justify was on her two watch list for a while. She jumped right in, enjoyed following us along. Um, very sad that it's coming to an end because we're her favorite post show recaps podcast team.
0: Josh. Oh, that's sweet. Thank you, Linda. You have you have terrible taste. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Linda will be Linda will be tuning in for the leftovers season two, but wants to know if we'll be doing more. Um, what's next, Josh? Tell us what's
0: next. Well, what's next right now is the leftovers season two, at least as far as what's on the docket. Um, but the leftovers—I don't know when the leftovers is coming back. I think that they just started shooting season two. Um, so I'm not convinced that that's happening anytime soon, necessarily. Uh, but that's what you and I are. That's what you and I are lined up for next. But um, we're we're open to suggestions. Uh, Antonio and I, we don't have anything imminent on the horizon. If you guys have suggestions for what you'd like to hear from us, we are you know all ears. We'd love to hear what you guys think. You can always uh, send feedback our way through our feedback form. Postshowrecaps.com/slash feedback with any show suggestions you have of anything that Antonio and and I could cover. Um, you can, you can tweet our way too at AC Mazzaro, two Z's one R I'm at round Howard, uh, like Ron Howard, but rounder. And you can, you can let us know, you can let us know what you want to hear. Yeah. So
1: that's it. I mean, you don't, we don't know. Tell us, tell us what you want to hear us do. And don't uh, say the strain. <laughs> no, yeah, no, exactly. Don't say the strain. It's not. Linda has suggested it. orphan black. There's going to, there's a great orphan black podcast here at post show recaps with Mike bloom, Jessica Lees. They're talking orphan black. They're not only talking about the previous, seasons which they've podcasted about uh with recaps already uh kind of summarizing what's happened but they're talking about current episodes that's happening josh and i are talking about orphan black and we are definitely not talking about the strain no
0: we might do a premiere of the strain per, per chance but we are not doing weekly the strain recaps we will do the leftovers whenever that comes back uh but in the meantime got nothing for you uh but would love to have something for you so let us know uh let us know what do you think about um a hashtag here, Antonio. What should what should we give the people who have been uh, so awesome in listening to what we've uh, been yammering on about? Not just for the past, you know, almost two hours here, but uh, the past, uh, you know, twenty one podcasts here about Justified. What what should we give people here as we say goodbye to Harlan County? A
1: hashtag Justified Revival.
0: <laughs> All right, let's do that. Yeah, we'll go with the hashtag Justified Revival. Let's bring it back. We'll bring it back. We'll we'll, we'll bring it back. I I don't think it's gonna happen, but if it happens, I'll I'll watch it and we'll podcast about it for sure. I'm telling Uh, you TV movies. I think that we're going to, I think we could see a Raylan TV movie. I think it could happen. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. Like if it was set in Miami, I would watch that as long as um, Ava and Boyd were not involved.
1: Yeah, and I don't think that we would see that. I think it would be set in Miami. You'd have David Koechner. You'd have some other Elmore characters pop up, and it would be a nice with uh, with Timothy Oliphant a nice uh, way for FX to get some original programming. there. Yeah,
0: I'd be down for that. Focus. Justified
1: revival. Let's bring it back.
0: All right. So hashtag Justified revival. Tweet that to Antonio and myself at AC Mazzaro at Round Howard. Thank you guys so much. This is this um, I've I've said it a lot of times before, and you know now that it's all over I. Really really do mean it uh antonio and i have podcasted a bunch together over the last year or so i think that these justified shows are are our best work together and it's been um one of my favorite projects that i've done on post show recaps and i'm very sad that it's over uh but you know it was it was really fun while it lasted and you guys were so great everybody who was listening and interacting with us so can't thank you all enough thank you so much and we hope that uh whatever wherever we land next we hope you guys are along for the ride
1: yeah, and if you didn't like it, then this wasn't the best thing we've done. So go listen to other things we've done. But if you did like it, we really appreciate it. Uh, we really appreciate all the feedback on Twitter. You guys thinking of us when you think of justified means a lot to us. And and really, just uh, like Josh said, the fact that anybody would have watched the show that hadn't seen it before because we podcasted about it is is the biggest takeaway for me because I love 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 this show.
0: Yeah, and now uh, we are saying goodbye to Harlan County for for good for now. Uh, certainly for now, possibly for good, uh, but it'll live on in our hearts. We um, left it alive. We left We left it alive. And now, Antonio, it's finally, finally time for you and I to go to upstate New York no, together no, and finish no, doing no, the thing that no, we were...
1: No no, 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 no. The Leftovers isn't
0: even going to be in New York anymore. No. All right. So we are heading to upstate New York and we <laughs> are going to... Never leave
1: the